The United States is a one-party state, but with typical American extravagance, they've got two of them. There's only one party in the United States, the party of property, and it has two right wings, the Democrats and the Republicans. Uh, the first one there said by Julius Nyerere, the former Tanzanian prime minister, and the latter by Gore Vidal, the American liberal essayist. So take your pick, which one you prefer, but it seems to me that this remains very much true, despite whatever talk about polarization there is today. And yet, in the absence of a mass working class socialist party, or actually really any mass organic party of any sort in the US, American leftists are condemned to flitter away at the edges of the Democratic Party, rightly or wrongly. So today we're discussing a survey carried out by the Center for Working Class Politics, uh, which was also carried out in partnership with Jacobin Magazine. And that survey examines specifically working class Americans' political preferences. And it's useful uh, in that regard in that it contrasts with a lot of other polling in that it restricts its sample to the working class, or at least what it decides is the working class. So today we're going to discuss these results, as well as uh, looking a little bit more deeply at what its limitations might be. Welcome to Alpha Bunga Bunga, the global politics podcast at the end of the end of history. My name is Alex Hochuli, and it is Friday, the 19th of November. As usual, Philip Cunliffe and George Hoare are here. Uh, Phil, you, you already promised that you weren't going to be enthusiastic in having any chit chat before we get into it. So um, I'm just checking in whether your mood has improved in the last five minutes. Uh, my mood is fine. Thank you, Alex, for checking in on me. It's uh, only that um, uh, I want to, I guess I want to get stuck into talking about the report more than uh, chit chat. But thank you for checking. I won't take any Phil. personal offense at that, but uh, okay. <laughs> Phil is all business. Just we need to get down to business. There's no no time for for any uh, pleasantries, um, it's the science bit, political science bit. So concentrate time. Yeah, business at the front, business at the back too. Um, and uh, okay, well, let, let's get started then. Uh, just to tell you a little bit about the report. Um, I mean, it came out last week and its uh, results were initially published, at least the executive summary published in Jacobin. And it's been discussed kind of a little bit more widely. Just to tell you a little bit about what it kind of surveys, what it asks, uh, I assume you haven't uh, had a chance to read this, or maybe it's come across your timeline or whatever. Uh, it uh, is a survey of uh, YouGov's 20 million uh, surveyees who opt in to be part of this panel, this sort of online panel. And so it's obviously in that regard, non-representative, but from within that, it creates a, a representative sample of 2000 working class voters in five key swing states. So Nevada, Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, and North Carolina. Now, what does working class mean in this regard? Well, the best way they found to do it, and it's neat, though not totally satisfying, of course, is that it just includes those with a non-four-year college degree. So it's people without a college degree, which, of course, as we know, and we've discussed on this podcast, uh, correlates pretty strongly with class uh, and increasingly so. But of course, it's uh, it's imperfect still. Um, they also, uh, and this is relevant, exclude strong Republicans from that. So it does include uh, lean Republicans, which uh, George uh, was uh, very eager to inform me. It's not fat Republicans, but, but only lean, uh, just muscle and sinew. Um, yeah, whereas, whereas strong Republicans are the bodybuilding Republicans. So, I mean, it, it, it follows through. Mm, interesting, interesting. Um, and, uh, and, and so it, it obviously includes self-described Democrats as well as independents and those who might lean Republican. Uh, just to give a little bit of context about what the intent was behind this. I mean, you can imagine what the obvious is. It's like, how do we progressives try to win over working class voters, uh, especially in areas where Democrats tend not to win? Right. So in so-called purple or even red areas or states. Uh, so the, the author of the report, Jared Abbott, uh, in a separate piece in Jacobin, commented on the fact that 
uh, he had received an email from the DSA, from the Democratic Socialists of America, the day after the 2020 election, uh, triumphantly exclaiming that socialism can win anywhere. Uh, and then in his article, he sarcastically replies to that, saying, actually, Tuesday's election shows, again, that socialism can sometimes win in heavily democratic areas, uh, which, again, is uh, held up by the election results, where self-described, you know, strong progressives, uh, whether they be more kind of uh, woke or whether they be more focused on material issues. Uh, nevertheless, those tend to only have been successful in, in strongly democratic areas anyway. And so that means that uh, the Democrats might not win a larger share of the vote or whatever. They just may be change some more moderate Congress people, for example, for, for more liberal in, in American terms or more progressive ones. Um, so that's that's kind of where the intention is. That's what the method is. And we're going to go into more detail on this. And we're also going to extrapolate a little bit further towards the end of the episode. But let's just start with uh, first impressions. So uh, why don't you go ahead, Phil? So a few, um, well, actually quite a few episodes ago, I made the point, this was early in the Bunga days, I made the point that um, Jacobin Marxism or the Marxism of Jacobin was a way to leverage um, open the Democratic Party, perhaps at the municipal or the state level, to let in kind of a new generation of activists. And I'd say that this report confirms, I mean, remember Alex was kind of um, horrified at the time and disputed this characterization of Jacobin. Um, and Alex is kind of looking, you won't see this, listeners, Alex is looking kind of skeptical, but it's all recorded Online, you can go back and listen to the early episodes and you'll hear it. Um, and I think this report basically vindicates my characterization of Jacobin from the start. So your so your your takeaway is that you were right all along? Essentially, I mean, yes. Interesting. Sure. And, and, and so shocked, novel. We've never heard that hear before. <laughs> George, why don't you go ahead? Hey there. You've reached the end of a short excerpt from an episode that's been released only to our patrons. If you'd like to join us and gain access to around two Patreon-exclusive episodes a month, please go to patreon.com slash bungacast. We'd love to have you.